I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. Today is episode 58 of Voice First Health, and it's a special one. We are getting so close to the launch of the first ever book in voice technology called Voice Technology in Healthcare. And today I have two of the chapter authors, they wrote a chapter together all on medical education and how voice technology is completely changing the way that we look at education for these trainees. Just so you know, if you do want more information about the book, you can access all the information. You can sign up for updates. You can go there very soon to order the book. And the link that you need to know is voicefirsthealth.com slash book. Now, I am really pleased to have Drs. Neil Desai and Taylor Brana joining me on the podcast. These are a couple of guys that I've gotten to know over the last year, year and a half, and they are not only great friends, but they are real thought leaders on what you can do now with voice technology and education and where it's going in the future. And so it gives me great pleasure to bring on these two amazing guys, uh, Neil and Taylor. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to have two awesome guys on the podcast. We've got Dr. Neil Desai and Dr. Taylor Brana. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Woohoo! We did hey, it. Up? We're here. Hey, all, yes. All right. You guys are uh, all around great guys, as I said. I've had a chance. It seems like I've known you guys forever, but really, it's only been like a year, year and a half now. Um, right. We've been to so many events together and so on, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud and happy to say that i know you guys you're great guys and we're gonna get into all the cool stuff that you're doing but first we got to learn a little bit about who you are so um let's start with you neil neil can you uh take a moment or two and introduce yourself who you are your background and and uh you know your story sure thanks so what's up listeners uh dr neil desai i'm a family doctor just outside of cincinnati northern kentucky i've been a doctor for 20 years and i'm also involved in medical education i teach uh, University of Cincinnati, University of Kentucky medical students, first and second years, and as well as I'm part of the Happy Dog Podcast with Taylor. And one last thing is I have a son with a congenital uh, condition called osteogenesis imperfecta. So I, he has it's a physical disability. So I advocate for that community as well. And right, thanks um, very much. Yeah, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, and I'm uh, Taylor, um, and I'm a psychiatry resident in my third year. There's so much I could talk about. I have a background in gymnastics. I grew up in California. Now I'm here in Philadelphia. Um, and I just have a passion for education. Um, I love helping people. That's why we went, I, like, I went into medicine in the first place. And um, you know, Neil and I kind of stumbled on a lot of stuff together. But one of the things that we work on is something called the Happy Doc Podcast. Um, and it really came out of a place of frustration and noticing there's a lot of burnout in medicine and depression. Um, and I'm honestly looking for my own happiness, my own fulfillment. And through that, we kind of created a lot more and looked, at, looked out to reach out to great mentors and people who were doing amazing things in medicine. And that progressed to what we're going to talk about, I'm sure, today, which is all about voice technology and how that's going to be a way to improve fulfillment, happiness, education, um, and having the ability to learn in a different way. So that's why I'm here and I'm really excited to talk. Yeah, that's a great, great uh, intro to, like you said, so many different things that we can talk about. Uh, I want to say right off the bat that these two guys, uh, Dr. Desai, Dr. Brana, um, 
You guys are both chapter contributors to the book that's about to be launched, Voice Technology and Healthcare. Really, really appreciative of that. And an incredible chapter where you guys bring your expertise now in medical education at that intersection with voice technology. Uh, and we're going to get into all that because I'd love to hear your take on on just that, the education and how it how it intersects with voice. But maybe we can take, even take a step back and talk about, like, how did you get interested in voice or what do you see as the, the value in voice? Why are you in this space? Taylor, you want to take sure, a stab at that Sure, yeah. I mean, it happened really naturally, right? Because if you think about, first off, like the podcast community and where where we're heading in general, you think about how t- how we're so strapped for time. You know, it's it's so difficult to balance um, you know, working out, uh, you know, going to work, uh, having a family life, educating yourself, staying on top of the news, all of these things. And the one thing about podcasting, which I loved right away, is it bridged the gap of, you know, doing stuff like driving or walking or getting somewhere, but also being able to assimilate information. So that's where podcasting became just such a time win where you could enrich your experience during those passive gaps. And then, so that's where podcasting kind of came up and why I listen to podcasts in general. And voice is obviously an extension of that. And so when, you know, Neil and I were learning more through the podcasting and reaching out to different people, obviously learning through people like Gary Vaynerchuk and all these other entrepreneurs, we start to learn more and more about voice technology and what it could do. And again, it's just, voice to me in the, you know, looking at it from, kind of just the time perspective, it's, it's podcast plus. I mean, you're imagining a world of the future where you're able to interact with that voice experience in a way that is under your control. Um, it's just so powerful. So it's an obvious progression for me when I think about when I heard about it initially. It's an obvious progression into you know, what we need to be thinking about and how this is going to impact education and beyond. Perfect. And Neil, what, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your take on this? How did you first become interested in voice and, and how did you get involved in this space? So we actually got even before, like, I think it was 2016 that like my wife uh, bought some of these speakers. I won't say the name. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to like trigger anyone's device, but you know what I'm talking about, Lexi. Yeah. <laughs> you got so, it. Um, but, and we were just, it's like something that she just bought. It was something that we had in the home. And then something I noticed, it was just something one day, like my son, he was just kind of doing a quiz, uh, like we're just, you know, kind of putzing around on it. He was doing a quiz, it was asking him like some state capitals. And it kind of like dawned on me because it kind of was this intersection of like frustration with technology at work. Uh, with, you know, we talk, you've talked about, we've talked about the electronic health record, the failure of that hype. Right. And this being a possible solution to that. And then that intersection, what Taylor and I were doing is like, oh, and my own personal frustration and journey from doing my medical training in the late 20th century, early 21st century, I realized that, oh, there's been a transition of this technology from screens or, or from even before screens, it became screens primary first. And mm-hmm. then this kind of insight was that, wait a second, I think this could be an area where we could become, go what you talk about going to voice first an interactive voice first so we can get away from the screens and like what we tell and I talk about is like getting our lives back so we can connect with each other meaningfully and with our colleagues and our communities and take better care of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health and our careers. And that's kind of what got kind of like, that's what got me excited and got me into this space to go deeper 
and then uh, get involved with the community, reach out to you and uh, everyone that's in the community and kind of learn more about it and see what we can do to contribute, especially in our, and with my perspective and being in medical education for a while and being a physician for 20 years. Sure. No, that's great. So that's a great segue into the education and the uh, and the chapter that you guys wrote because now you guys really are on the forefront here of what's being done for uh, education, healthcare, and voice technology. So I'll, I'll leave this open to either of you who wants to start here. But I'm I'm curious now to just learn a little bit about the thought process and how you feel about education, the future of education uh, in voice, and maybe a little bit about you know some of your thoughts of what you captured in the chapter in the book. Um, so I guess I'll start. Um, you know, when you just, first off, education in general, I want to take a step back here. There, there, there's nothing, um, you know, there's nothing scary about us moving on to voice. It's always been a vocal way that we teach. You know, teaching happens through the five senses and it happens through that transmission of literally what you're thinking in your brain, transmitting it and it going out to someone else. That's the oral tradition. And if you think about medicine or any sort of education in, in general, it's always been an apprenticeship and there's always been the oral part where you're taking that knowledge and you're transmitting it to someone. So if you just think about it from the basic kind of understanding of that transmission, using technology to now using things like the internet, these voice platforms, all of that, it's again, like I said earlier, it's just such a natural progression, right? So I don't think it's something that we need to be afraid of. And there's, I'm sure we can talk about the things that are scary about it, but it's just something that, you know, we want to understand so we can use it to the best of our capacity, right? So now we're entering this future where, you know, these platforms, these ambient systems that you can access information from are, are here right now, right? And how, how do we look at that in the present moment? And how do we look at that at a, at a possible future? Um, and that's kind of what we focused on in the chapter mainly is where are we now and where are we heading? So if you think about like the Mayo Clinic, the Mayo Clinic has a skill currently that's available that essentially is a general repository of information that you can access this skill and ask it a medical question and it'll give you solid information about, let's say, if you sprained an ankle or you injured, you know, you had like a little muscle spasm or tearing sensation, you can ask it a question to try to understand that more. And isn't that crazy that you could be running outside, you get a muscle spasm, you come back in your house and you immediately access your device and ask it a question. And it might tell you things to look out for in order for you to know if this is more serious or if maybe um, you'll be fine, you know? And that's just a crazy mm -hmm. example and a realistic example of something you can already do, right? With mm -hmm. that being said, and something we talk about a lot, and there's so many aspects of this, again, this would be, this is a book's worth of information, hence why there's a book about it. Um, and I'm being serious about it, is the fact that with that piece of information, there's a lot of things to tease out. Is the person asking the effective question? Is the person, um, you know, is the person getting the accurate information from a credible source? Is that information and how they heard it translated by the person in an effective manner that they can use properly? Mm -hmm. There's so many things to tease out from a legal uh, perspective and how the person's going to use, use information, all that stuff. But with that being said, the reality is here. It's already here. The Mayo Clinic has done, they've done a great job using that skill as an example. But how we're educating you know, people is incredibly important. 
specifically for medical education, when we talk about with students, you know, we talk about that aspect of it. Um, there's just so much opportunity, like we talked about, to take this ambient sort of, uh, you know, life that we have when we're entering, let's say we just left the classroom, we come home, and we want to be able to lounge on the couch and rest our eyes. All of these students are reading books, they're staring at computer screens, and um, they're sitting in chairs. And if you think about them spending, you know, possibly eight to 12 to 15 hours of the day in these positions and, you know, you know, staring at screens and having all of that light and information entering their brains, the mm -hmm. one thing that they're not using as much is just voice. Mm -hmm. So that's the big thing that we want to really hone in on is this is a modality that students are often not using because it's always, or in general, it's a lecture style memorization sort of method that we have right now where we're sitting in a classroom, we're staring at a PowerPoint, we're listening to the lecture, but we're not interactively using our minds, we're not interactively speaking, we're not right. interactively testing, and we're using voice, and that's also a benefit I talk about as well, and we can talk about the things that are considerations on the negative side, but the benefit is um, like we talk about this a lot is you can sit on your couch you can be in a bathtub you can uh, walk on a treadmill you can be walking outside and you can still use an interface that has nothing to do with the screen right. in order to test information and right. so that's the aspects the positive benefits of it there's so much we can tease out and talk yeah. about in this but i just say that you know in general those are some of the things and concepts that we want to uh, let people know about. Perfect. And Neil, so, I mean, you together with Taylor, you have really tackled this in a very concrete way for medical students. So can you share a little bit about what you guys have done, what you've created and how that's helping the education now of this generation? Yeah. So based on what Taylor was just saying, what he was explaining with being screen first, all those problems, the problems that we're solving is allowing students to be mobile and allowing them to be kind of healthy, kind of as well as study using their voice. So based on that problem, what we did is we created an interactive uh, digital flashcards called MedFlash Go. It's a question bank that allows uh, students to just use their voice to be tested and it frees them up to be mobile. So it's pretty straightforward. It's interactive. You can use it. You're just, you know, walking around your house or uh, like you were saying in, the, in, the, on, in your bed or whatever, um, just being mobile. So that was kind of the idea is that Kind of preach kind of practicing what we preach like getting active being mobile being healthy and uh, being able to study at the same time uh and not and then also the other thing is this is also going to pioneer the way for new ways of learning because this is the dawn of the new era of voice we've over the last one thing that we learned in our kind of writing about this just insights for us was that for me especially that the standardization like all these standardized exams became digitalized and it became screen first and basically it did the research it was basically like the late 20th century early 20th 21st century around 2004 all these standardized tests started going to the computer so then all the resources and online resource question banks became computerized screen first hmm. we're trying yep. to we're trying to get back we're trying to take away from like go into this new era of making it voice kind of first and you know just kind of and then also pioneer like research for how do people learn now that they're speaking and using their voice? What part of the brain are they using? How are they, how are they learning? And just from anecdotal things, I know it's not evidence, but just talking to people, they're saying they're remembering things quicker and 
you know, they're improving their academic performance and it's just, it just seems more streamlined and they're remembering more. And it's, it's exciting to see that the early signs are there that people are learning better and they're healthier. That's what we want. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it makes me think about like even at a really early age with my son who's in like junior high school. And so he's taking, we're in Canada, so he, they take French and, um, you know, he, he, there's vocabulary that he has to learn. And so sometimes he'll be like, hey, can you practice my vocabulary with me? So basically what I'm doing is I'm, it's, it's as if I'm acting as flashcards for him, right? I'm, I'm throwing out the words that he's throwing out the words to me and he's telling me what the word is in English or vice versa, or, you know, we'll go French, English, English, French, whatever it is. And, you know, knowing what you guys have created in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, huh, this is like med flash go, but like for French or whatever yes, it is. Right. Exactly. So, you know, comments on that, Taylor? Is I that mean, sort of it even enters a it even enters a weirder space because um, if you can imagine a, a future which is going to converge lots of technologies at once, I mean, could you imagine a future where the voice is now terrified? Not 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 terrified. Not terrified. <laughs> Be very clear. My son's like, no, not that voice again. I know, but like, so so you could imagine a future where you could literally say, I want Samuel L. Jackson to teach me medical questions and you can, you know what I mean? And, and so, and, and with all the biomarkers and all, I mean, again, we can get into the weeds here in, in a possible future, but you could imagine a future where, like we were talking about this, this technology uh, 10, 15, 20 years down the road is not only going to be multiple choice. It's not only going to be free form questions where you're answering questions in a pretty basic manner. It might be able to tell not only how confident you are, but how well you understand first, are you getting the question right? Um, does it, does it check? Could it check your reasoning as to why you arrived mm. to that answer? Um, is it possible that it notices your ability to uh, look at information in a way that is synthesizing new current information and maybe applying that information in new ways? I mean, I don't know where this technology is going to go right now at its very basic form. It's like you talked about, it's like a flashcard you say A through D or you give a short answer, like MedFlashGo right now, um, you know, there's a question that talks about, you know, what's the most likely substance that this individual's using when they come in with chest pain and you say cocaine, it understands that, you know, initial like answer, right? That answer, it can capture the word, but the future is gonna be very interesting if we figure out ways to check for reasoning and understanding. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, that's that's basically what technology is going to replace it. You, your your son's going to be able to use the technology, yeah. and you're not going to have to test <laughs> test things. So based and also what you're saying, Taylor. The other thing, Terry, is like picture this, where you can create a skill to just put it in your voice, personalization. So a couple of things is personalization of these skills, mm -hmm. uh, especially not just for education, but also Taylor's talking about the Mayo Clinic. What happens when like Taylor makes a skill for psychiatry if someone's dealing with some psychiatric issue and it's a trusted source for his patients. It's yes. in his voice. In my voice. Harry? In his voice, like, hey, Taylor, I'm dealing with like insecurity and not and anxiety and not feeling good enough. What do I do? And you'll have Taylor's, that comfort of Taylor's voice telling you, like your physician uh, or nurse or whoever that you know and trust. So building trust is a big thing. Terry, someone injures their, like ruptures their Achilles tendon or something. What do I do? Terry will tell you like, it's in Terry's voice. And it's, you know, because you know that person, you, you've already built that trust. I think that's a big thing because trust is in short supply these days. So if we can build that trust, especially in all these experiences, whether it's education or care, 
I think that is going to help with that convergence and uh, pulling things forward and adoption of all these things we're talking about. That, that makes me think of, you know, education, not just for the medical student or for the trainee, but educating the patient as well. Yes. And so, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, you know, I believe in this very, uh, very strongly as well, that a lot of what we do as healthcare providers is educating the patients. And so I think what you're getting at there is, is that it extends beyond just educating the, the trainee, but also the patient, which is very exciting to me. Very, very exciting. Um, yeah. So can you, can you maybe just give us a couple more, are you able to give us a couple more concrete examples of the way MedFlashGo would work or some of the other types of questions is like, does it, does it cover all aspects of medicine right now? How, how are you structuring that? Yeah. So MedFlashGo is actually just the first product we've officially released now. We're also doing, you know, just for everyone to know, we're also doing Dental FlashGo currently and MCAT FlashGo. Um, but, you know, again, medical flashcards on the go right now, MedFlashGo is specifically for medical students. Um, and the most daunting and scary part of medical school is passing boards. And so right now it's focused on the step one USMLE and step one Comlex exam for the DOs out there. And essentially it's for those med students that are studying for this exam. Right now it has 2,100 questions um, that have been fully edited and cleaned up. Um, and the plan is, is to go, if, if you guys aren't aware, there's three main exams in medical school. Step one, the plan is to go step one, step two, step three, and also shelf exams. And shelf exams are for, um, you know, when you're doing clinical rotations. That's how it works in the U.S. at least. On top of that, um, you know, with all of those questions, I mean, it's going to be a huge database, probably like 10,000 plus questions in the end. Um, but what MedFlashGo does currently is these questions are categorized and they're also subcategorized. So for example, and it's not perfect, we're still working on it, but for example, you could say cardiology and let's say you want to do, you want to specifically look at myocardial infarction or heart attack questions. You could technically say cardiology, then you would say MI or heart attack and it would, it would call up those questions. Um, and so that's what it can do currently. And again, that's not perfect. So you can categorize this huge database of questions into specific areas you want to study. Now, the questions specifically at this moment in time, you can essentially do random or those category questions and you'll be asked a short question and it'll either be multiple choice or free form. And if it's a multiple choice question, you'll have the option to answer A through D. And if it's free form, you'll, you're going to have to use your brain and you're going to have to come, come up with the answer within a few seconds. If you don't come up with the answer, it's going to repeat. It'll ask you to you know, check in and see what the answer is. Um, and otherwise, you're going to get an incorrect answer. So it really is forcing you to really recall um, you know, that information, which is completely different than anything else. And um, you know, there's still some parts to it we're trying to figure out, tease out. Um, there's options to repeat the question. There's options to go to the previous question. There's options to go to the next question. And we're still trying to, one thing that as you will realize is because it's a vocal answering and vocal navigation system, there's some challenges to the menu of options that you need to figure out, right? In order to, in order to navigate the system. But with all that being said, that's what it can do currently. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, Neil, are there plans or have you thought about or have you had discussions about actually using this as part of like a medical school curriculum from the medical school side? 
I, I don't think we've had that formal discussion just yet, but I could see it being part of a curriculum at some point in the future. I mean, I think part of it's just getting the data early to kind of see how students are responding to it and then kind of getting that feedback. I think our big thing is just collecting the data. How are people using it? What are they using? What they like, don't like? And then once we understand that, I think we can uh, kind of go to the schools and do that. And just to address that a little bit, I mean, we've already, so at this point, we've talked to a couple of schools. Um, I actually had the opportunity to speak to a local school um, a week and a half ago. And the, the thing with all this technology is that whole session where I spoke to uh, this administrator at the school, um, because we're, you know, we're, we're, we want to do this right. We're seeking permission to speak to the schools in order to talk about the technology. Um, you know, that whole session was essentially um, all about all the negative things that could happen with us hmm. uh, yep. giving, giving it to the school. I basically was not, I wouldn't use the word berated, but I was, I was, you know, I had to sit down and answer 10 to 20 questions. And there were a lot of concerns that came up. I mean, one of the concerns was students are already bombarded with all this stuff. How are you going to tell us that this is going to help improve time and, and decrease stress and all that stuff when you're adding on another resource, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to kind of comment on a lot of these concerns and questions um, about all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, it, I think there's just that learning curve because the first natural response to a lot of this stuff when implementing, um, you know, a very conservative foundation, as you know, Terry, um, mm -hmm. and as you know, Neil, of course, they're all nodding is, you know, medicine is, you know, typically conservative. So when you're talking about the stuff, the initial response is fear. And it's really about, you know, talking about things in a logical and conscientious manner, um, you know, how to do that. So, to, you know, to answer, go back to the initial question you asked about, you know, implementing it from the school curriculum. I think the answer is it's an absolute fantastic idea. And I think it's going to be about, um, you know, first, infil not infiltrating, but first getting through the mental barrier in people's minds about this technology, which is why things like this book and information and yeah. conferencing and all that stuff will help with that. But yeah, I think a lot of it's also, I actually, Terry, I actually heard this at last, I overheard this at last year's. A voice conference mm -hmm. <laughs> and someone said when they were trying to talk to hospitals to implement they're like no they want they, they're not interested they want to see it work first huh. and i think that's the mentality is like they want to see that it's working before they don't want to be the first to do it and have anything go wrong so they're like they want to see that it's working and that there's data that it's showing that it's worked before they'll be like sign on to be like all right let's see this and that sounds it. that sounds you know like a very typical response from healthcare yeah. providers who like who like yeah. Taylor was saying are tend to be conservative bunch and so I think you know what you guys are doing and and just getting out there and putting the content out there and collecting data and essentially like trialing it with students is probably the best the most strategic way I think to do that I think you guys are definitely on the right track with that so that's amazing um, just with a couple minutes left here, I'd love for you guys also to comment on um, the Happy Doc podcast because this is a really interesting concept that you guys are doing. And I think it's a really, really needed area that is not often talked about in medicine. So Taylor, do you wanna just comment a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so the big challenge right now, and, and you know, even though I talk about burnout and depression and exhaustion in medicine, it's happening everywhere, right? So I don't wanna make it just specific to medicine per se, but you know, when you're trying to get somewhere or when you're going through a journey, you know, as a medical student or if you're in pre-med, 
you're, you know, for me, I'll just talk about myself. I was entering this journey and everyone was telling me how hard it was, how difficult it was to be a doctor. I'm reading all these articles about depression and exhaustion. Um, and, and yes, you can be bombarded with that information. But during that journey, if you want to do it successfully, if you want to do it well, you want to learn from examples and you want to learn from people that are doing it well and maintaining a sense of fulfillment, well-being, excitement, all that stuff. So I, there's a lot of focus, like we're talking about fear and negativity and anxiety. There's all this focus on that. And I wanted to create that compilation of strong mentors, excited people in the field, people that were passionate, people that are looking forward to waking up in the morning and, and, and have those examples. But, you know, in the podcast, I want to understand why, what, what is it inside of them that is letting them do that? Why are they doing this? How are they operating on a daily basis? So it, it, it's that compilation and that resource, you know, really selfishly for myself to regain my sense of happiness, fulfillment, and excitement. And I'll tell you, through the process of interviewing, I am much happier, more fulfilled. I feel more in control of my ability to operate. And I want that to be what this podcast is, is passing on awesome knowledge, inspiring ideas, ideas that are thought-provoking, and help you be that fulfilled doc or happy doc um, or happy professional that you are. So that was kind of you know, the, the, the big overarching goal of it all. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I, lo I love that concept. And uh, I encourage anybody who is uh, looking at being more happy and fulfilled, which is probably everybody to, uh, to, to check out the podcast because it's, it's, it's a really great one. Well, guys, I want to thank you both for your contributions to the podcast, for your contributions to the book, for your contributions to medical education, for all the amazing stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, it's incredible. And I, uh, I am very fortunate to consider you guys my friends as well. So, um, Thank you for everything you're doing and thank you so much for spending some time here on the podcast with myself and the listeners as well. Oh, and before I forget, guys, please, please share with the listeners where they can go and learn more about you guys and what you are doing. Taylor? Yep, sure. So um, for the Happy Doc podcast, you can literally search the Happy Doc at any of the podcast channels you listen to podcasts on. Um, and if you want to reach out to the social media on that, it's at happy doc podcast. Um, and then in terms of MedFlash go, uh, our website's www.medflashgo.com. And if you have a, I'll say Lexi, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have a, one of those, uh, that voice platform device, you can search up, uh, med, you can search MedFlash go all one word and it'll come up. Perfect. And Neil? So Taylor pretty much told like the happy doc and my flash go uh, contact for me. It's uh, at uh, lowercase D R N E E L 1973. So at Dr. Neil 1973, Instagram, Twitter, and then that's where you'll find me. Perfect. And I'll say that uh, Neil's Twitter game is on point. <laughs> we often joke that he is a bot because I don't know how he responds and, and is able to comment on, I think, just about uh, every level. single tweet that I see that comes across my feed. So, uh, so you got to – anyway, this podcast does prove that he's not actually a bot. So I way to go, proof. Neil. Keep I, up, I keep up the Twitter game. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks so much, guys, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Later. Thanks. 
There you go. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that, as you could tell. And uh, certainly I will have all of the links to the uh, various resources that were mentioned on the show notes page, which you can access at voicefirsthealth.com slash 58. Of course, I need to mention the book. You will be able to read the chapter by Dr. Desai and Dr. Brana in the book, Voice Technology in Healthcare. All of the information that you need about that, of course, is at voicefirsthealth.com slash book. And if you will be at Hims uh, on March 10th, please feel free to join us for the official book launch. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's going to be happening at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, local time in Orlando, uh, March 10th at Hims. I hope to see you there. Finally, I do want to let you know that if you are interested in becoming a sponsor of the Voice First Health podcast, this podcast, obviously, uh, the listeners make up people that are interested in voice technology, the latest technology, and healthcare, include C-level executives, healthcare providers, government investors, associations, IT professionals, hospitals, and so on, then please feel free to reach out to me. You can go to voicefirsthealth.com slash contact. Just send me a message, and I'd be happy to have those discussions with you. Until next week, have a great week, and and I will talk to you then.